What's going on, friends and fam? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Every Day is a Saturday with your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. Hey, guys. Before we get started into today's great interview, I would like to let you guys all know, if you guys are on the Spotify side and you guys are listening, hey, uh, at the end of the show or even during the show, you guys are, uh, there's opportunities to do little questions and uh, things like that. It's just a way to get involved with the show. Uh, so check that out on Spotify. Um, not too many people ever answer the questions or, uh, get involved with it. So I'm just going to throw it out there. If you're listening on Spotify, check that out. Also, if you guys could help me over there, smash a like, let me know what you think about the show. I could really use the feedback. All right. So let's go ahead and get into our next guest. I am excited to bring on my next guest. My next guest served his country proud in the United States army. I know he wasn't ready to be a Marine yet, but it's okay. We still love him. Uh, he also is very, you know, um, passionate about educating and teaching, you know, his fellow veterans um, about a alternative method for medicine, which I myself partake in. And that's our uh, favorite uh, marijuana, weed, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, you know, a lot of us out there are uh, now finding out the great, you know, uh, medicinal purposes from it so i'm i'm extremely uh excited to have him on his name is tj durkin and uh let's go ahead and give him a warm welcome what's going on tj what's going on brian how you doing brother hey man i can't complain you know you know what they usually say about that anyways if we complain yeah exactly bro you can just go ahead and finish it off for me (laughs) yeah yeah nobody listens right right so hey uh tj man let's go ahead and get into a little bit about yourself uh let's get to know you you know and then uh we'll kind of get to see what you're going on what you got going on today but you know let us know where you kind of grew up you know what made you uh not be you know not ready to be a marine yet and uh you know well, I, I what, told you, I, i've given you the answer to that but i guess you don't like hearing it so <laughs> <laughs> nah <laughs> nah uh, i put my crayons in both ears um i was born in vermont uh long time ago i guess you could say i'm 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 uh, i'm an old man uh lived there with my dad and my sister till i was 13 when my dad passed and i had to move to corpus christi texas my mom's second husband was in the navy and was stationed at nas corpus christi uh when i was 19 i moved back to vermont and at the age of 20, I joined, I first joined for the National Guard, but I went to basic and AIT, got back to National Guard. And two or three months after I got back to my unit, I was like, no, I want to go active. And so I changed it from National Guard to active. I wish I would have gone active from the beginning because I got stuck in an MOS that was hard to get out of uh, and hard to get promoted in. So, but I was a tank mechanic. Uh, I served from, uh, I went into basic in 87 and I discharged from Fort Polk, Louisiana in 1993. Uh, from 88 to 91, I was stationed in Kerskoins, Germany, 3rd Armored Division, 503rd Support Battalion. Uh, and the last six months of that, de- or not the last six months, but pretty close to the last six months of that deployment was Desert Storm. So, uh, and then because when we were in Desert Storm, they disbanded our unit 
when I went back to Germany, I processed and went to Port Pope, Louisiana. And I was there for about a year and a half. Okay. And then when I got out of the Army, I started driving truck for a while. Uh, met my second wife in Nebraska. Stayed there until 99, and now I'm down in Kansas. Been here since 99. Outstanding. Now, bring, you know, well, I guess let's elaborate a little bit more on maybe the Army and stuff and, you know, um, about, you know, just talk about a little bit more about how the Army was for you and, you know, uh, what made you end up kind of be decide to be a tank mechanic and, you know, kind of fill well, us in on that kind of stuff. As far as being a tank mechanic, you know, because I first joined for National Guard, it was for a specific unit, you know, specific spot. Sure. They're kind of like, this is the spot we need filled. 63 hotel um which is track vehicle repair third shop track vehicle repair and so it that really wasn't a choice um i knew with my my test scores and everything i you know i found out later that i would have had a lot better choice or i would have had a lot of a whole lot more options if i would have gone active to begin with uh off my first test course so and off my second ones also because when I went active they made me take the ASVAB again. But I mean it it, it was all right. I mean, but I got to uh, Germany and I think it was November of ninety or of eighty eight. Yeah, November of eighty eight. And um, like a lot of soldiers over there, I ended up leaving a couple kids over there. Um, but we, I still communicate with them, and I got a couple grandkids for my oldest son. And so I, I actually, you know, where I was stationed at in Germany, it was the largest consolidated brigade in USER at the time. And uh, in like, I, it wasn't a very big base at all, but it had two cab battalions, two armored battalions, an artillery battalion, and a support battalion. And then a few different companies like MPs and missiles and stuff like that, you know, attached there. Right. So, but, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time in Germany. Uh, at the time I like drinking beer and if you like drinking beer, Germany's one best place in the world to go. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I got some excellent beer over there. I will say that. Uh, matter of fact, uh, a few years back, my oldest son came over from Germany to see me, and when he did, he brought me a rack of beer, which was awful nice. A rack of some good German beer. Wow, nice. Yeah, yeah that German beer is really good. Um, yes, and some I, of it's pretty heavy. It is, but uh, and some of it, I mean, but man, it's it's good beer. It really is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I got the opportunity to drink it, and I know um, we got stuck in Frankfurt, and we tapped them out of their darker beer, and it wasn't cold. It was, like, just, like, lukewarm and just, oh, man, it was so good. Yeah, well, you must have gone to it. You must have gone to a, a bar that was strictly Germans because when I was over there, uh, 88 to 91, most of the bars over there, if there was, uh, you know, soldiers that went to American soldiers that went there, they usually kept their beer cold, you know, uh, and then like the Germans that would go there, they kept some off to the side that weren't cold. Well, you I'll know? tell you this, we we're unexpected guests because uh, 
it was on our way out to the Middle East, and then we had a um, malfunction in the landing gear, so they had to put us up in a hotel. Well, we okay. all found our way down to that bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, and then we all drank whatever the darker beer was, but it was it was so good. Well, while I was stationed in Germany, though, uh, I was basically there for 36 months or basically to that attach that or in that unit for 36 months. Like I said, six months of that was Desert Storm uh, day after Christmas of 90 until May of 91 is when I left uh, uh, Saudi, left, left the port. Um, but out of the 30 months I was there, I spent 23 of them in a the field. I was attached, even though I was, uh, my unit was a support battalion, I was attached to a cab battalion and their, and their commander, their battalion commander, pretty much like keeping his guys in the field, it seemed like, because they were always going and doing something. And every time they had to go, we had to go. So out of uh, 30 months there, I spent 23 of them in the field, grafting beer, hoeing fells, and then a lot of stuff like reforgers, golden lions, and stuff like that. Wow. But, you know, and, and like all of us, met some great people through the way, you know, uh, brothers for life, you know, met a few brothers for life, you know, and a and few of them I still talk to. Um, had a couple that, I was stationed at in or stationed with in Germany, and then uh, when I got sent to Fort Polk, had a few of them that I was stationed with over there. They got sent for, sent to Fort Polk also. So it's like uh, there's a few people that I got to, both of my duty stations got you know be there with them. Got it. Nice. And uh, so now you know when you got yourself out of the military, you found yourself driving trucks. You said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I got out in May of 93 and back then, um, because all the driving, you know, driving experience I had was basically all military. You know, I mean, I, I was also a recovery specialist, so I had to be licensed for almost everything that was on our post. The only thing I wasn't licensed for was the hats. So in, uh, March of 94, I went to dr truck driving school and uh then spent the next six years driving nice yeah i loved it i felt i always felt i was paid tourist because i got to see some i got to see some fantastic scenery um there's only one continental state that i haven't been in that i haven't seen and that's montana wow. uh but yeah I've, I've i've seen 47 of the 48 lower so that's um, awesome. you know, so yeah, you were a long haul then, I guess, long haul driver. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I first started, I mean, I was out for two to three months at a time, you know, oh, yeah. uh, just bouncing from here to there. But the first company I drove for, I didn't get, didn't get a whole lot of miles. And as a truck driver, you get paid by the mile. And if your truck ain't moving, you're not making any money. So about, oh, four or five months of that. And I found a company that said they'd give me a whole lot more miles and boy, did they. They gave me all I wanted and sometimes and then some, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> right. You know, uh, uh, I had a period of time where I was, I was basically living in Nebraska. I'd go from Nebraska to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania to LA, LA up to Chicago, Chicago back to, uh, Nebraska. Damn. And that was about, oh, 10, 11 day trip. Wow. So what kind of stuff were you, uh, typically hauling? 
Um, when I was in Nebraska, we mainly hauled for Alrida. Alrida French fries, and and um, they also had another company under the Alrida brand called Americold, and Americold is uh, freezer type warehouses and uh, or refrigerated warehouses, I guess you could call them. And so we hauled a lot out of the to and from them, uh, hauled a lot of stuff. Uh, I had a refrigerated trailer, so basically I went everywhere. You know, I, I've been to grocery warehouses and all that stuff, hauled meat, hauled about everything. Nice. Now, have you ever gone to, like, I've seen some pretty crazy locations, like underground tunnels and, and stuff like that, that, uh, you know, they have, like, I, there was, like, a whole city somewhere dang near uh, where people have stuff delivered. Now, you ever go on anything crazy like that? Now, in Missouri, there is a place, and they do, not only do they do dry, but they also do refrigerated uh, warehousing, but it's an underground warehouse. I mean, it's all old caves and stuff that they've sealed up and made into, but yeah, I've been, I've been in there once, and but that was probably around 95, 94, 95, somewhere in that area, so it's been a long time. Jeez, man, I, I know I uh, was seeing some video about it, and I'm just like, wow, that is amazing. Yeah. They literally miles and miles and miles all underground. I was just impressed. Dock after dock, you know, and it yeah. had its own little signs, like, I guess, you know, which way to go if you have a delivery, you know. Unbelievable. And, and, and to be honest, man, going down in those, it's almost kind of intimidating, you know, because yeah. you look and it's like the spots you got to back into, you don't have a whole lot of room. You better know what the hell you're doing to get into those spots, you know? And it, so it's, it's a little bit on the intimidating side sometimes. Yeah. No, 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 do that, man. But the thought that's going through your head, like if I hit this wall or something, yeah, what's yeah. coming down, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and what if one day, you know, some knucklehead came in there and boom. And I mean, you're in there. And I mean, yeah, I would not well, want I, to I be caught in there, man. I, yeah. I, I've always, I mean, I've always been the type of person I try not to look at hypotheticals because then right. I'd be worried about everything. Hell I mean, yeah, I always absolutely. have really bad anxiety. I don't need to be worrying about shit that might happen. No, I got you. Yeah, you could really get inside your head. I mean, yeah, just going yeah. into that tunnel alone. But I mean, obviously, it's been there for a long time, and the engineering is amazing. But I was just so impressed with how how well it was put together. But that's pretty cool that you guys get to see that kind of stuff as truck drivers. You know, I mean, truck drivers get to see all kinds of different things from going from state to state. When when I first started driving. Right after I got out of uh, driving school, the first company I drove for, their policy was because I was a new driver, I had to ha I had to go with a, a driver trainer for a couple weeks. It was two weeks, and what got me, what really got me addicted to it is we were. I'd probably it probably been about eight nine days that we had been out, and we were going down I fifteen uh, out of Utah into uh we were headed towards la and we were going through a part there's just a short part of i-15 that goes through arizona right through the top uh western corner of arizona and 
I think it, I think it's called like the three nuns or the three sisters or something like that. I forgot what it was, but I had woke up. I was supposed to start uh, driving at six. I woke up about five forty-five, come out of the bunk, and I sat down in the passenger seat, and it had just rained. And so, and it, the sun was coming up, and the sun, it was sunrise, and, and we were in the, you know going through the valley, surrounded on both sides by mountains. And it was probably the most breathtaking sight that I've ever seen. I mean, just because the glistening of the water with the sunrise and all that, it was just, I mean, unbelievably amazing. And it kind of got me hooked. And that's where I decided, nope, this is just, um, this is going to make me a paid tourist. I get paid to go look at stuff. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And then, uh, so what did you get uh, do after you uh, stopped truck driving? Um, that's, I stopped truck driving in, um, 98, right before I left my uh, second wife and I moved down here to Kansas. I've been doing, um, I did, uh, I worked for a company that built machines and I did all the electrical work for on the machine for the machines and I built all the electric, built all the electrical panels, all the cables, plug and play cables for that machine. And then I went to another spot and I was wired. We were rebuilding injection mold machines and I was rewiring all these injection mold machines. Basically, when we got them, they were completely stripped down and I, everything had to be all new wires and boxes and control boxes and that had to be put on, um, you know, or had to be built and put on. And then uh, I worked for Amazon for a while, driving forklift and then uh, from 2011 to 2018, when I stopped working, uh, I was doing concrete, which when I was a kid, my dad did concrete, and he always told me to stay the hell away from it because it'll make an old man out of you fast, and by God, I should have listened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my dad was a masonry. He built block walls, you know, and so we dealt with a lot with concrete. But uh, I learned fast because he used to take me to work when I was little. And he made me work, man. And oh, yeah. I think he had a purpose in that. You know, like, son, this is not the job you're going to want to do. Stay your ass in school and, you know, stay the course, my boy. That, that, my dad did the same, thing, same, same to me when I was like 12 and 13 years old, you know, trying to teach me. This is not something you want to get into. You know how you know how to do it, but it's right. not something you want to get into. And but you know, I I I was hired under that company as a carpenter, mm. which I've done you know throughout my life a few times. I was hired as a carpenter, and then it's like, oh no, yeah, you got a title of a carpenter, but you do everything. You'll finish concrete and tie rebar, and you know. And uh, it took me a couple of years, and I became lead. And then became foreman, you know, type of thing. But still, I don't care. Even even our boss, the guy that owned the company, got out there and he worked. You know, so it's like all hands on deck. Nobody gets to sit back and say, "You do this, you do this," while I sit here and watch. No, no, no. That never happened for me. <laughs> yeah, and you probably started primarily doing concrete. You know, the carpenter, the. But hey, uh, we got another concrete job to do over here. You know, like. Well, mainly we um, uh, we worked out at that there's an oil refinery uh, in Coffeyville, Kansas, and we did probably ninety ninety five percent of our work in there. 
Okay. So, um, yeah, we did a lot of big slabs and a lot of, you know, but, but mainly it was mostly like piers and, you know, having piers dug and pouring piers and stuff like that, doing a lot of stuff like that. But we were always busy, you know, hell, we even did some steel work in there. Nice. Yeah. Outstanding. So let's uh, kind of shift our focus a little bit on a different side and kind of get on to, you know, what you got going on now. And, you know, let's talk a little bit more about the Veterans Canical Edition and um, all that stuff, because uh, there's a lot of great things uh, you got going on. And I would love to share it with uh, everybody else. Well, for a while, I was um, uh, as of about 420 of 2021. Uh, I was pretty much vice president of another veterans group, great group, great bunch of people. Um, I left just due to differences of vision, you know, um, and, and, uh, I left a few, uh, about a month or so back and I've started the veterans canna coalition. And what we're all about is helping vets grow their own medicine. And when I say medicine, I mean, cannabis, um, I can't take opioids, if I do, I have to take a whole nother, I have to take anti-nausea medicine to be able to take opioids because one Darvacet and I'm sick for hours. So um, I don't, and plus I don't like the way the opioids make me feel. So cannabis has been my medicine for a long time. Um, I have problems with headaches and migraines as a lot of veteran storm that or desert storm veterans have. I uh, have those also. And of course I have my PTSD and you know, my other issues and I, I prefer to use cannabis and my doc, my, my VA doctor knows that, you know, and, um, you know, and, and he's really good about it, you know, and he hasn't given me any issues or anything like that about it. But I, our mission in the veterans canna coalition is to help veterans grow their own clean medicine. Because anybody that's buying it from a dispensary, you don't know how they grow it, how they how it was grown, man. You don't know if they used chemicals to help it grow or whatever. Uh, what we want to preach is nice, clean, you know, medicine. If if you use any nutrients at all, use very minimal nutrients. Um, I myself, I I like using the living soil method, um, and it just makes your medicine taste a whole lot better and. Also, one thing that we want to provide is not only how to grow, but what to grow is, help, you know, helping you find the cannabinoids and the um, terpenes that help with the issues you have. Now, I watched a short video on it this morning and I, I kind of already knew most of what, what I saw in this video, but everybody has an endocannabinoid system. Okay, in their body and everybody's endocannabinoid system is like their fingerprints. There's no two exactly the same, just like there's no two people exactly the same. You know, even, you know, the twins aren't exactly the same. Right. But um, they, you know, the endocannabinoid system. So sometimes you got to you got to have a little bit broader of a outlook, I guess, when, when you're trying to find out what what you're needing. Um, because sometimes what let's say, you know, say somebody has the same symptoms as me that they're trying to cheat or treat, 
what works for me may not work for them and vice versa. Okay. Because right. they end up cannabinoid system. So we just try to give, give education on, okay, a good starting point on to find what really works for you because you're not going to really know until you try it. It's, it's just like any pill that the VA gives you, you don't know it's going to work until you, until you start using it. You know, they can tell you it's gonna, but you're not for sure. So we, we try to provide that education also. Another thing that we try to provide is the brotherhood, the camaraderie. Um, you know, we, we're all about helping each other. Vets helping veterans. You know, everybody that's a vet knows it's a pain in the ass to get the government, the VA, whoever to help you, you know. <clears throat> so for us, it's all about veterans helping veterans. Um, you know, uh, taking care of our brothers and sisters, you know, doing, doing our, our, our buddy checks and, you know, just making sure we're all right, you know, because, you know, not only is 22 a day too many, one a day is too many, you know, and we need to, oop, there you go. Okay. We need to, uh, you know, and we need to, we need to help each other out, man, because I can speak from personal experience. I've been down that rabbit hole. I've been in that dark place. Yeah. I know what it means to have a vet reach out and, and talk, you know, and say, hey, and talk to me and listen, you know, and convince me how to get on the, or, or and show me how to get on the right track. And ever since then, that, that's what I've all about been all about is helping other vets because I know what it means to have a veteran there to help me, you know, to, to, help, out, to help out basically. Yes, that's the group. That's the Veterans Canada Coalition. Yes, and I know that some people are going to say that we're missing one, the Space Force, but do they really count? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of kind of crazy about that situation. Actually, is my cousin? He's actually my it's like third cousin. Yeah, he actually is in the Space Force. He was in the Air Force. He was in the Air Force, and uh, they actually had him change over to Space Force. He didn't well, really, mean, he didn't I'm want actually, to, and didn't have a choice, but uh, he did. I, I imagine that 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 it's you know a whole lot. Right now, it's mainly just computer people and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's going to be hard to find them. I mean, honestly, yeah. it is kind of like that unicorn of the group. Yeah. Like you know. I can't wait till that one Space Force guy comes on my show and, and enlightens me. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I got a lot yeah. of questions. Got a lot of questions. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, there could be a few Space Force veterans out there, you know, but really, you know, not probably not yet, you know. Right, right, right. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because what they were formed what like uh four years ago maybe by now uh actually i think it was 2017 2018 yeah so uh, more like six seven years ago okay seven oh, years. Yeah, so been, yeah so i mean i could imagine if there was some people that were on the already in the air force and they're like hey we're pushing you over we need some high-ranking guys in here and they were yeah. kind of on the last three four years yeah there might be some veterans out there but like you know I think you like you said, man. It's like kind of like that that unicorn thing where it's like yeah. you know where are they at? They're mythical right now. 
Well, I mean, I mean, you know, us army guys, we, you know, we, we actually think there should only be four symbols because the Marines are just a part of the Navy. Oh, wow. Wow. That's going to go from uh, ain't ready to be a Marine yet, man. I mean, all right. Jeez, let me eat a crayon after that one, man. I got to recover. I told you you why I I couldn't join. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let me relax here. I need a second. (laughs) What's your favorite color? Yeah. Green, you know, it does hit different, you know. Um, and, uh, I'll have to send it to you if I can find it. But I saw a, a picture. It was a meme, of course. But it was a, it, it, it was uh, MREs made straight for Marines, and it was crayons. It yeah, was the a, CREs. CREs. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. been seeing those, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a guy that went ahead and uh, making money, man. I mean, good for oh, him. Really? Yeah, took it, took it, and ran with it. Now it is CREs, and I think it's like a they're like um, chocolates, but they're they're crayon and you, they're edible. So that man, is those cool. MREs, dude. Uh, you know, MREs I mean, rough man. Oh my MREs god, were rough. You you had to you had to have a creative side if you wanted to try to get something that tasted halfway decent. You, I mean, you had to do mixtures. Oh, we yeah, we definitely got creative, like. You know, with the hot cocoa mix and some peanut butter, you know, kind of make like a little bit of a, and then spread that on stuff. Like we had pound cakes. And of course we had a trade with each other, you know. Well, uh, when I was in during Desert Storm, while we were over there in the sand, we found that, you know, those old pot belly diesel stoves that they had. I don't know if they had them when I think you're a few years after that, after I was, but uh, we had the old pot belly diesel stoves. Well, if you bury that halfway in the sand and only leave a top part of it sticking out of the sand, it warms up the sand. So at night, actually, you could have an open-sided tent and it'd stay kind of warm in there, okay, because the the sand would would stay kind of warm. But the next morning, we'd take our our entrenching tool and we'd dig a little hole and we'd mix up our MRE and dump it in that hole for about five minutes, and you have a nice hot breakfast. Yeah. No, we... uh... We uh, were just using the good old, uh, put them in the, the little sleeve, add water to it, and it cooks it up. They didn't have the sleeves at that time. Yeah, see, yeah, well, that's what we used. And then, you know, we always found other ways to use them. They started uh, putting the Tabasco sauce. So we get Tabasco sauce sometimes in some of the bags, the little bottle. Well, they would put just a little bit of water in there and then pour a whole bunch of Tabasco sauce, shake it up, throw it in someone's hooch, zip it up. And, and, uh, basically it's like CS gas, man, the, <laughs> the worst MREs. And I mean, the chicken all a King was just nastiness. I, I the, the, it's like, I'd rather go hungry than eat that crap. I was but, not a fan of the bean and cheese burrito. That, we uh, had. Well, that, that came after me then because yeah. Like I remember the first generation MREs. Okay, yeah, I'm sure you guys had, had cigarettes in it. Patty and the dehydrated pork patty. Did you guys have cigarettes in your guys' MREs, or no, were they no, already those, past that those point? Weren't, those weren't MREs. Those were in the C rations back C back rations. then. Okay. But as far as the MREs go, even the first generation, some of them had the the uh, Tabasco sauce in them, but. Uh, 
luckily I being a tank mechanic I drove a shop truck and like when we went over to Desert Storm we had taken a, a Coleman stove with us well you take your little canteen cup put a thing of ramen noodles and that dehydrated beef or dehydrated pork patty in there a little bit of water cook that up and then take your cheese packet squeeze in there and man you have beefy mac and cheese <laughs> yeah. yeah you have so you yeah. had to get creative damn right man definitely had to get creative mres were rough uh but, especially uh, for experienced time the span of time yeah. but yeah let's go yeah. ahead and get right back into the cannon yeah, sidetrack there um, no, man, it's the, all good with the group yeah um you know we're trying not only are we trying to teach vets how to grow but for the low-income vets out there and we all know there's a lot of them you know still fighting with the va and um we try to get them everything they need to grow um you know seeds equipment you know if they're in a legal state we're go we'll get them some equipment we'll, we'll get them what they need to grow uh, you know what they need to grow and with the people that we have in the group already and right now we're just starting off like i said we're only a couple weeks old right now um but with the people I, I made sure that we got some people in the group that are that know what the hell they're doing when it comes to growing you know and that are willing to teach others and we've got a we've got a moderator admin board that we're all it's it for all all of us our hearts all at the same place where it's all about helping our brothers and sisters we don't want no notoriety we don't want anything for it we just want the feeling the good feeling that washes over us when we help a brother or sister out and that's what we do this for you know yeah, um, love it. so it, it's you know we we want we want our brothers and sisters to have to be able to have the best medicine they can get and growing your own making sure it's nice and clean because what you put into that plant is eventually going to end up into you okay because like cannabis if you spray it with an oil it will retain that oil and it won't it won't try to produce its own it'll use what oil you spray on it or and that's basically kind of a overview you know it, it, it imagine there's a whole lot more to it with a lot more technical stuff to it but that's kind of an overview it is you know you don't want to really spray that plant with oils because it'll it, it won't produce as much of its own oils which is what you want but yeah um like i said we got the people to do it eventually we want to get to the point where we're just helping vets period not just with cannabis okay uh eventually we will have our 501c um and we just we're going to do all sorts of programs to help vets uh i'd like to mention some but we just we're, we've decided to keep them secrets until they're ready to reveal you know but we have we have some pretty good ideas coming that are really going to help the vets and um you know and we're, we're proud of that you know we're because we want to help we don't want to help just one we want to help as many as possible you know there are brothers and sisters whether i know them or not they're still my brothers and sisters in arms and uh, we all took that oath and we and i imagine most of us still live by that oath whether we're out or still in we still live by that oath you know and there's when i got out for a long time it always felt like i was missing something but i couldn't put my finger on what it was and then a, a few years a few years back i started get uh joined a couple veteran cannabis groups and started getting on group calls with them 
and realized it was that brotherhood, that camaraderie. You can't find that with civilian people. It, if you can, it's really, really hard, but they'll never totally understand, you know, understand what vets are really about, you know? Um, but it, yeah, it's that brotherhood, that camaraderie that just, you know, oh man, that's what I was missing. Being able to talk shit and, and, and put my arm around the guy and at the same time and say, hey man, you know, we're brothers and, you know, that that's what it's all about is just being our brothers and sisters. We're trying to build a community, not necessarily a group. You know, we want we want a community full of vets that want to help each other, that want to that they just want to take care of each other, look out for each other. Uh, our logo, or our motto is: Together we stand, we learn, we grow. Together, it's all. By that, I want to say, you know, all vets. We stand, we stand together, and we stand for each other. We learn. We learn how to grow. We learn about each other. We learn about ourselves. We learn about the medicine, you know, the, the, the natural medicines. Okay. And we grow. Not only do we grow the cannabis, but we grow as individuals. We grow as a group in a community. And, and we, you know, and we grow together. And so that's, that's our motto, you know, and I really believe that. I really stand by that. That's, that's what I'm looking for. I don't want anybody coming in the group and, oh, I've been growing for 10 years and this dude's a newbie and he asked, and I'm going to let him know he asked a stupid question. Nah, that ain't going to fly. You know, that that's 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 just not going to happen. Um, you know, we, we don't want that. We're there for each other, you know, and that's what it's all about. And that's great, man, because, you know, uh, I think it's important that the world starts to focus more on building each other up than tearing each other down you know what i mean because um, we've gotten to that level where we look at someone they're doing great and then the, the the first instinct is is people want to tear them down and try to pick everything that they're doing wrong when they're they're in the right direction you know and and sometimes that even the sad part about it is is that it does hinder some people because some people rely so heavily or are very loyal people to the fault that they love their people that they're willing to listen and hear them and allow them to prevent them moving in the direction that they want to go yeah. Yeah. by tearing them down or just oh that sucks you know like why would you want to do that you yeah know, like yeah. you know or, you know things like that you know those you, 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 there, there's no need for that there right. is no need at all for that, you sure. know. And, and, and there's a TV show back uh, back a few years that was really really popular, Game of Thrones. Right. And there's one one little short clip in there that rang so true to me that it hasn't left me. It was back when the original king was still there, and he asked his wife, "He's like, okay, what's more powerful, five or or one?" And She's like five and he's like, okay, five individuals or one group of people that come together now, which more is powerful, you know? So working together, working for each other with each other is more powerful than working by yourself, you know, and, and, and we can get a whole lot more accomplished for our community, working together, helping each other. 
You know, and I think that it's important for us as a veteran community who have experienced what it's like to work together in, in very extreme conditions and, yes. and, 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 and then basically not give a shit where they came from, what color they are, what religion they are, um, all those type of things that are unfortunately world is facing. I think that it's important for us as the veteran community to show everybody, hey, this is how it is. And we're going to lead by example. And we all could get along. We could all, you know, uh, show how powerful it is to become a unit versus, you know, a one man machine or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I, I feel that one thing that the military had, had, had or taught all of us, okay, is that. Now, you may not like the guy that's sitting in your foxhole next to you, right. but you know when when it, when it hits the fan, you're going to be able to count on my guy. He's going to have your back and you're going to have his. OK, you get along. You, 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 you work together, you know, and, and to me, that's really important for the veteran community, you know, because that is one thing that we were trained to do. So it's one thing we've done for a long time. You know, and it's let's get along, let's work together. And I know sometimes I'm not the most pleasant a person to get along with, okay? But I try my best, you know. But we each have to be ourselves. But you know, all I'm saying is, instead of instead of busting on each other, let let's reach that hand out and help them up. You know, if yep. if, if if you're gonna laugh instead of laughing at a guy because he don't know how to grow because you've been growing for ten years, instead of laughing at him, reach your hand out and say, "Hey, brother, let me you know, let me show you the right way to you know, let me show you how I do it." I'm not going to say the right way. I'm just say, "Let me show you how I do it and how I have success." And and that that's you know, to me, that's what counts. That's what you know, right there is. That's how it should be. Yeah, and, and I know from firsthand is that, you know, you could be a grower on a budget, you know what I mean? And and just got some soil, a bean, and 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 a pot, you know what I mean? And and you water it and you make that thing grow as great as you can. But yeah. you know, a lot of times people want to do it because they want they have a feeling and they really want to do it. Now they may not have all the resources at the time to make it the grandest of things. But they're going to learn from that. They're going to learn yeah. from when they plan it. They're going to say, whoa, what well, can I well, do better that, this that, next time? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing with, with our group. You know, we may not get them out the grandest of setups. We may not get them an eight by eight tent with all the lights they need. Right. That's expensive. You know, yes. we're going to get them what they need so they can so they can start growing their own and may, you know, it may not, they not, may not be able to grow everything they need with it but it'll take a big burden off their shoulders because everybody knows there's a couple states where it's kind of cheap but most states it's expensive as hell and like i said before you don't know what that stuff was growing grown in you know you don't or grown with you don't know exactly what you're getting to us you know we work with some fantastic genetics companies okay companies that make cannabis seeds fantastic you know, genetics. So for, uh, uh, you know, my belief is if you got good genetics, you know, as far as your seeds go and good lights, you're going to get a whole lot further. 
okay? Yep, and good genetics and good environment, you can definitely get a beautiful plant. Yeah, and once you fine-tune, because it's like anything else, man. The first time yep. you work on a car, you don't know what you're doing. Right. But a couple of years of doing it, and you got a pretty good idea, you know? Yep. So that that's, that's the same thing with growing. And it also... Uh, we talked about this other day, putting, just putting your hands in soil and working soil is there. And this is a undisputed scientific fact, putting your hands, working soil with your hands is very therapeutic, very relaxing for people. Okay. Don't know what it is, why, but it is an, it is a proven fact that just working the soil with your hands and then being able to watch something that you planted, you planted this one little seed and then you watch it grow and watch it get bigger and then you watch it go into flower and you, oh, you know, and then when you get to use that as your personal medicine, there's no better feeling in the world. Right. You know, you're like, wow, I grew this. This is some yeah. of the best stuff ever because I grew it. You know, yeah. uh, it, it's, it, it, it's just that it, it's rewarding for very many reasons. You know, growing cannabis is very rewarding in a whole lot of different ways. I absolutely agree. You know, and that even just goes for gardening and planting things in general. It's just, um, for one, you're getting yourself some vitamin D, you're outside, or, you know, if you have a tent inside, either way. But tending to your your, your vegetation, your, your, your plants, your fruit, whatever you are growing, it's just a whole different feeling and you're like yes it's something again you're trying to keep life of it and then it produces for you and then when you go to taste whatever that may be because i mean i don't know if you've ever had you know i've done strawberries i've done watermelons i've done all kinds of different fruits i'll tell you eating those right off the plant amazing and i such a different taste than than it is from the store a hundred percent I'll guarantee you, you're not going to go to the store and buy a tomato that tastes as good as the tomato that you grew in your backyard. Get, there's no way, no way. Too many, too many processes that they go through for that. Right, Where, and they pull them a little bit too premature off the the off the plant, and so you you lack a lot of flavor in uh, the the fruit or vegetables because I mean I only know because I've grown before and the the comparison was like there's no other <laughs> I mean you can't compare your your stuff that's out in your backyard or you know yeah. out somewhere that's freshly picked oh, you can't you can't you, you, there, there's there's no comparison you know and like a lot of vegetables that um, you got you go to the store and buy okay say you go buy some yellow squash oh well, you de-seed them those seeds ain't no good because those are all gmo genetically modified okay they ain't no good they're, they're not gonna you, you know they're not gonna grow and if they do they're not gonna grow right you know um you want to get if if you want the freshest vegetables and whatever again it goes down to good genetics you know good seeds and you want some seeds that aren't gmo because you can harvest a bunch of plants, pull the seeds out of those, dry them out, and you have them for next year. Yep. You know, you have those seeds for next year. It, it, so it can be continuous, you know. As long as you got some good seeds to begin with, you'll never run out of seeds if you do it right. Right. And uh, there's also, I mean, you know, 
it's crazy because I got into growing myself, and I and I love growing. It's it is it is very fun. I I love that the input and I love the output. Um, but you know when you start learning how to clone as well, you find a really great plant that you like you can start to learn how to clone and you keep those genetics alive through cloning and stuff like that i mean there's just so much it's crazy the the stigma that's always been put on um you know weed smokers and and stuff like that like oh potheads they don't know nothing you know there's such a science to growing the plant and making a great out product you know it's there's a big difference, you know, getting away from not having steeds and a whole bunch of stems uh, inside yeah. your medicine. Um, you well, know what I mean? It's there. There's, you know, like I said, being in that other group, and, and I've been doing this for about two and a half, three years now. Okay, and and it it just makes me feel good about you right. know doing this, it, it, and so. If people, you know, if there's anybody out there that knew me four or five years ago before I got into this, they'll they tell you straight out, I'm a completely different person. I'm 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 here. I'm in a completely different place. You know, I'm happy. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, I enjoy life because of what I'm doing. But yeah, like you were saying, good you know, good seeds and stuff like that, and you're 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 always good. You know, and you know, we're not only going to push that, we're going to push hey grow we all know vets aren't most vets aren't the healthiest eaters you know because look at some of the crap that we ate while we were in the military you know um unless I'm you're paying dearly for that up. now huh <laughs> i said i'm paying dearly for you know yeah, the bad eating yeah. habits now well it's funny because man during during my service i was usually about 165 to 175 pounds the heaviest yeah. i think i got up to while i was in the army was like 180 yeah. man uh back in back in march i was at 257 yeah i'm not the healthiest the healthiest you know but then again my body's kind of broke down and i can't move around a whole lot so it is what it is but right. uh well, i have been losing weight here lately so I'm hoping that trend keeps keeps going. Um, but yeah, man, you know it's all about he- you know healthy natural medicines. It, it, uh, in the group, uh, and let me give a quick explanation about the group uh, for anybody watching out there that wants to join. And we welcome you, whether you're into cannabis or not. We welcome you. You know, we, we're gonna we're gonna get seeds for for vegetables and fruits and stuff like that. We're like I said, we're just starting. But for any vet that wants to join, it's Facebook group. Go on to Facebook, look for Canna or Veterans Canna Coalition, and uh, hit join. A moderator will reach out to you. Uh, answer, please answer the questions. A moderator will reach out to you. Get your proof of service. And we do this because that way everybody in the group we know is a vet and we don't have any civilians in there trying to get on what get in on what we're doing. You know, we're doing things for the vets, you know, yeah, uh, you know, helping civilians. I'd love to, but it is, it's not my priority right now. Okay. My priority is helping my brothers and sisters. I guess, as they say, charity starts at home. My home is the veterans, you know. Right. 
So, uh, but somebody reach out to you for proof of service, uh, a VA ID, a state driver's license that says veteran on it is fine. Please cover up all ID numbers and stuff like that. Um, you know, last resort, we'll take a, a DD-214, but we know those are personal, man. We don't, you know, but we all we want to see is a name and where the government has says that you're a veteran and we'll let you in. Okay. And yes, your names must match and stuff like that. Don't, please don't try to use somebody else's uh, ID just to try to get in the group. But that's on Facebook. But we're also on Instagram, Discord, and TikTok. And any events that we be, that we'll be having, we'll put up, we'll put on those. The Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. That's for everybody. That's not just for the vets. The Facebook group is for the vets only. It's easier easier for us to do it that way there, you know. Um, and because a lot of vets, you know, I uh, starting up just starting up this group, I've had a lot of you know, and I've reached out to some of the vets that have requested to join. They've asked, "Well, do you let civilians in your group?" No, we do not, because there's vets out there that know that with civilians sometimes there's, there's a better chance of some drama or some bull crap happening you know and we just try to keep that out of there like i said we're all about helping each other man that's and that's what we need that's exactly what the community needs uh, we need more uh you know veterans out there helping veterans because it's important you know i think that everybody wants to always say um you know VA this, VA that, you know, but, you know, at some point in time, we just got to police our own and, and make there more opportunities for in more communities for veterans to feel like they could join something. And that's kind of the great thing. And that's kind of one of the biggest thing that the podcast is for is trying to, to shed light on all the different opportunities out there. Yeah, you may not like this, but there might be this. You know, you may not like this, but there's this. There's just we want to show the community, hey. There's a place for everybody. Come back. Let's get connected. You know, well, those not, of not only that, you know, I mean, as everybody knows on the internet today, there's a lot of, a lot of bull crap happening, yep. a lot of drama. And we just like to think of ourselves as a safe space from that. Let's not allow that to happen in the group. Be yep, a safe absolutely. space. Where everybody yep. can feel relaxed. And man, you know, we, we're going to, we're, we're, we do group calls where people where all members of the group can join it, it's group video chat and it just sit there and laugh and, or learn you know because because somebody might come up somebody might be starting their first grow and have a question well they'll ask somebody a question and then while that gets answered everybody else is listening so you're picking up knowledge and stuff like that at the same time you know so you laugh we laugh we learn you know we uh we help you, you know, we just, we're there for each other. It, that's what it's all about is being there for each other. You know, I've met some wonderful people in the past two years, two and a half years. I mean, brothers and sisters that just unbelievable people. And of course I've met my share of some that weren't the greatest either, but that's yeah. an all walks of life. You got it. That's to be expected, but man, it, it's, when you when you when you allow yourself to open your eyes and see what's right there and see and find something that makes you feel good as a person and there ain't nothing better 
you know, helping each other out and, and, and being like, you know, wow, this is great. You know, hey, man, my buddy over here just had his first grow and top notch stuff and, he, you know, and everything. You feel ha you feel his joy because you helped him do that. You know, right. you're joyful because he, you helped him do that. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, man. Yep. I really appreciate it, TJ. Uh, is there any uh, last thing that you'd like to say to anybody out there before uh, we get off? Like, I, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the opportunity to share experiences and talk about what you got going on, man. Um, I'm also well, a I member really of the group and uh, definitely going to be there uh, supporting and helping. And uh, I love what you got going on. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, on Instagram, uh, follow, if you follow us on Instagram or TikTok or Discord, you'll see, uh, you'll be able to see like, we'll be doing some uh, fundraising auctions, auctioning off seeds and maybe some lights or nutrients or whatever. Okay. But main, mostly seeds, you know, uh, so we can raise money to, so we have, so we have the resources to help the vets out. And that's why we're doing that is, you know, and we're going to be completely open about that, you know, uh, uh, and everything. And once we get our 501C, it'll be, you know, public record. Um, but so check us out. Even if you don't want to join, check us out. If, but if you do want to help, um, check us out on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. And you'll be able to see when we're having our next fundraising auction. And if you want to buy some. You can get some really good seeds for some really cheap prices on these auctions. I mean, less than you'll pay less than 50% for a lot of them. So, you know, you, uh, but yet you're still helping out a good cause. Love it. All right, brother. Well, hey, uh, like I said, once again, I appreciate you, brother. And uh, keep uh, doing what you're doing, man. And uh, we'll be staying in touch uh, and probably have you on the show again. Later on, I know once you become a 501C, we'll start pushing out a lot more again, uh, on that as well. So, uh, yep. once again, I appreciate you, TJ. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, brother. All right, friends and fam. Well, that's going to wrap up another great interview. Uh, like I said, hey, you guys go check out TJ over there, uh, the Veterans Canical Coalition. Um, if you guys are interested in that, it's a great alternative method for, you know, veterans that use a lot of different pills the, you know, one thing that I've heard is, you know, I've, I think I've heard about as many as 16 different pills that, uh, some of our veterans are on. So that's a huge amount of pills that you're taking in your body and your organs are sitting here having to digest. So having another alternative method and, you know, sometimes, our stomachs don't take well to uh, some of these, you know, medicines as well. So having an alternative method, which is, you know, just as easy as having a seed, planting it and, and, and growing it and having your own fruit. I mean, go help these guys out. Let's get this mission across and let's get our veterans a, a, a healthy way of medicating themselves. Um, well, like I said, each and every one of you, I can't appreciate you guys enough for watching the show checking it out please like share share it with your family let's get all these stories out because you know what a lot of the people here don't seek any attention but deserve every single ounce of it so until next time Arr.